Well, today we come to Titus chapter 2. The second chapter of this, this short letter appears to revolve around one central theme, and that is the kind of lifestyle and conduct that the saving grace of God given to us in Jesus Christ produces. It's not surprising that that Paul uh, focuses on that here. I mean, just remember the, the, the last verse of the first chapter where we're he talked about those who profess to know God but deny him by their works. So he's already introduced the theme of bearing good fruit in our lives to verify the validity of our profession of faith. And Paul says that that makes that kind of argument uh, many places in his letters, uh, especially uh, places in, like very famous passage, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Well, here he devotes an entire chapter to the theme, and we see some repeated themes again here that we saw in the previous chapter, again, such as the deity of Christ again affirmed. Compare um, God our Savior in verse 10, for example, to our great God and Savior Jesus Christ in verse 13. But by and large, the chapter's aim is to exhort believers to live the kind of life that we have been saved to live. So, Let's consider, that'll, that'll be our theme uh, this morning, so let's just consider that theme uh, as it's presented here. Well, it's sometimes instructive to look for and see repeated words or repeated phrases within a letter like this because it can clue you in to themes that are important and noteworthy to the person who wrote it. In the case of Paul's letter to Titus, two things uh, jump out. First is Paul's affinity for the word sound, sound. We've seen it appear numerous times in the first two chapters. Uh, he refers to, in chapter 1, verse 9, to sound doctrine. In chapter 1, verse 13, he, the phrase sound in the faith. In chapter 2, verse 1, again, here it's sound doctrine. In verse 2, it's sound in the faith. In verse 8, it's sound speech. <laughs> when it's repeated that many times, it's hard to deny that it must be an intentional phrase. The, the second repeated phrase that jumped out is the emphasis on good works, maintaining that, uh, like we said in verse at the end of the chapter 1, verse 16, the, those who profess to know God but deny him by their works. They're unfit for any good work. In, in our chapter for today, Paul urges Titus uh, to, in all respects, to be a model of good works. That's verse 7. And reminding him and us that Christ gave himself for us, that we, among other things, would be zealous for good works. That's verse 14. And in the next chapter, Paul will three times reference good works. Uh, in, in chapter 3, verse 1, reminding us to be ready for every good work uh, and to be careful to devote ourselves to good works later in the chapter. So, it seems abundantly clear that Paul emphasizes that we be sound in both our doctrine and our conduct. Why such an emphasis? Because Paul sees it as an issue that goes to the heart of the salvation that Jesus came to provide. Notice that the first paragraph of the present chapter is summarized very well in verse 7 with the exhortation to, to Titus to be a model of good works. The first paragraph is simply different applications of that one goal. The second paragraph then gives the reason, the basis, for the exhortations of, um, of the first paragraph. Notice that the second paragraph begins in verse 11 with the word for. It says, for 
the grace of God has appeared. That word for is, is there to let you know that Paul is about to give the reason or the basis for everything he's just said in the first paragraph. So then, why are we to devote ourselves to and be such good models of good works? Paul says, for God's grace has appeared and brought salvation to us through Jesus Christ. And this salvation did not come merely to deliver us from the danger of hell, but from the ungodliness that characterize our lives right now. That's verse 12. Jesus Christ, Paul says uh, in verse 14, gave himself to redeem us from all unlawlessness. Excuse me. <laughs> to redeem us from all lawlessness, not unlawlessness. Good gracious. It matters how we live. It matters how we act. It matters how we speak. It matters because devotion to good works identifies us as being, according to verse 14, a people for his own possession. They identify us as being a child of God. Notice that Paul, in arranging these paragraphs as he did, uh, did not at all insinuate that the good we, good works we do uh, somehow invite or earn the grace of God, but the good works we do, uh, we do them because we have already received the grace of God. The indicatives, uh, that is, what you are, always precede the imperatives, that is, what you must do. It is never the other way around. Salvation is not simply an otherworldly matter, but a very much this-worldly matter in how we live here and now as well. Just a couple of thoughts from Titus chapter 2.